Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to another exciting edition of Taylor Bay Sports with Kevin Taylor. I'm your host, Kevin Taylor, rocking the sports bell from the ATL, giving you the best in sports information right here from Atlanta, my hometown, the capital of Georgia, right here in the middle of the southeast. Hey, we can't ask for anything better than that, right? <laughs> of course, you can always reach me anytime on social media. And Kevin Taylor 98. You can check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And there you will also see my Taylor Made Sports Minutes as I go out into the community and giving you a little bit of a snippet as to, you know, some of the interviews, the comments that I get from those in the community or, uh, you know, visiting teams as well. So make sure that you check those out, all right? Hopefully everyone is doing well as we are coming up on another week and weekend and, um, you know, a lot is going on here in Atlanta, so we got a jam-packed program. And before we get into it, I'm going to let you know now that we're going to hear from Kirby Smart during his Friday's press conference as the Bulldogs are now in 2018 football preparation mode. Also, you're going to hear from Georgia Tech quarterback Taquan Marshall as he prepares for the 2018 season as well. And for all you soccer fans, we've got through his interpreter, Tata Martino, as, of course, he was the coach of the uh, MLS All-Stars this past week. And I uh, will get his take on, uh, you know, the game as well. So you hear comments from him during this program. Like I said, you can reach out to me, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at KevinTaylor98. All right, let's get things rolling. As we'll start with the NFL, it's the Falcons. They're preparing for their first preseason game coming up later on this week against the New York Jets in the Meadowlands. Kickoff is at 7.30 on Friday night. And um, Calvin Ridley, He's already making an impact off the field. As according to Dick's Sporting Goods, Calvin Ridley, can you believe this? He has the top-selling jersey among rookie wide receivers. And not only that, he has the fifth best-selling jersey among all rookies so far. So that's wonderful news. Now, from a league perspective, the best-selling jerseys in the league so far are Giants running back uh, Saquon Barkley, then you have Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield. Then after Baker Mayfield, you have quarterback Josh Allen. Who, who would have thought that? But, you know, the Bills, they, they have a, a lot of fans, especially in the Northeast. Um, then, of course, you have Broncos defensive lineman Bradley Chubb. Then, of course, it's Calvin Ridley's jersey coming in at number five. Ridley is also performing well among teams' jersey sales. Also, as he's third on the team in sales behind, of course, Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. So I'm sure his jersey sales will go up as he makes an impact on the field during the season, no doubt about that. So uh, hopefully the Falcons can uh, have a good preseason debut on Friday night at 730 in the Meadowlands. All right, now the college football rankings, they were released this week. The top five teams in the country are at number five, Oklahoma. Then fourth is Georgia. Third is Oklahoma State. I'm sorry, Ohio State. I'm sorry. Ohio State is number <laughs> Number three, Clemson is second. Hey, can you guess who's number one? Just take a guess. One guess. I'll give you a second. Give up? Of course, it's Alabama. <laughs> Nick Saban and the crew, they're coming in at number one to start the preseason. And uh, actually, speaking of Athens and the Bulldogs, let's go over to Athens. It's the Bulldogs. They held their media day before their first practice of camp that opened on Friday. The Bulldogs held practice on Saturday at Sanford Stadium during fan day. The Bulldogs are now officially preparing for the season in which they want to win a second consecutive SEC championship. 
But the coordinators met with the media on Saturday as well. Defensive coordinator Mel Tucker was asked about maintaining the level of last season given the personnel changes in the offseason. His response was, quote, well, only time will tell. The standard of performance hasn't been changed. We're coaching our players and trying to develop them and teach them in a way that they can reach those standards. We always want to play great defense here regardless of who those players are. There are always going to be changes. There are always going to be new players step in and great players leave. So that's our job to get them ready. That's why we've recruited well, and we expect these guys to step in and play great defense for us. And that's no joke. Georgia has one of the best recruiting classes coming in this season and I think next season as well. So you're going to hear a lot more about the recruiting classes and this team that's going to be on the field throughout the season for sure. Now, on the offensive side, coordinator Jim Chaney was asked about freshman quarterback Justin Fields. Of course, he's going to be the quarterback battle with Jake Fromm. And his response was, we all know how polarizing the quarterback position can be. Everybody wants to know about that spot. In my particular role, I worry about everybody. And every good football player we have, you try to find ways to get them on the field and utilize them. And right now, Justin's battling the quarterback spot, as is Jamari Salyer and the guard spot, as is Luke Ford with the tight end spot. All that young group of kids that we brought in are all competing. I love him, Justin. He's a wonderful young man, comes from a great family. He's a competing son of a gun, and he's also a great football player. The uh, future is bright for him, It's very bright for him. As far as what happens in the future, as far as playing time and all that, all that is going to take place in the next three to four weeks, all of that who plays and who doesn't play, you know as well as I do, that gets down to Coach Marsh's smart decision. So I don't get into all of that. I'm just very glad he's here, a part of our program, and competing for our starting position for our team. Now let's hear from the coordinators. So now let's take you inside of Friday's press conference with Kirby Smart. Let's hear from him as he addressed the media before the team's First of all, excited to be here. You know, it's, it, it's different every year. You do this, every team's different. But with the rules in college football in place, we're able to do more and more in the summer with um, countable athletic activity. So these kids have been here working. These kids have been here working hard. So um, our, our strength and conditioning staff, I think, does a tremendous job with these guys, pushing them, um, making it fun at the same time, and getting them to work hard. But our, our kids know we've started meetings, you know, had some administrative stuff last night and had some reporting stuff. So it's really good to get around the guys. They've got a lot of energy, and it's fun for our coaching staff to be around this group. Um, they've done a tremendous job resp- responding, done everything we've asked them to do, and we've challenged them. You know, this is going to be a tough physical camp, which all of them are. And I tell the players all the time, what's going to separate us from you know 13 other SEC teams is what we do between now and uh, the first game. Uh, we're not preparing for Austin P. We're not preparing for South Carolina. We're not preparing for Auburn or anybody else on our schedule. We're preparing for us right now. And we've got to do a great job this camp of understanding the areas we got to improve on and being very demanding and making sure everybody understands the standard that was set last year with the practice habits and the effort and the energy. And I really think our players are buying into that. Now, who the leaders are, y'all are going to ask me that a hundred times. I don't think that's come all the way out yet. 
you certainly have players that you want to put in that position, but we've got so many competitions at each position that I don't think that a starter has to necessarily lead. Leaders lead, and if you're good enough to play, you're old enough to play. So it's not like we come in here and say, you know, a young guy can't be a leader. Uh, a good player or an average player can't be a leader. We need leadership from everybody. We need guys that aren't afraid to confront and demand. We sent guys across this front row when we have team meetings, and we challenge guys to talk because I think it's really important that you get comfortable being uncomfortable. And we've said that so many times in this organization, but it's hard for these players to confront and demand of each other, and that's what we're going to ask them to do in camp, and we're going to put them in some, some tough situations. I'm excited about the, the young guys on the team. Um, just being around them since we've been around this summer, um, a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm, and uh, that, 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 that makes me excited. we got 110 guys in camp. Thank goodness the NCAA has given us from 105 to 110, so that gives us five more, you know, whether it's position players, maybe another punter, maybe another kicker. Th those things are exciting to have those extra guys come in and be able to work with us. I'm going to um, update you guys on some injuries because I'm sure you guys will, will ask about these guys and kind of where they are to hopefully answer some of your questions before their questions. Um, but Jaden Hunter has a little bit of a hamstring, so he'll be a little limited. You'll see him out there. He'll work, but he's not going to be able to do everything 100%, and we hope to get him back soon and uh, have him work with us. Zamir um, will be full go with a protective brace. He'll have his brace on, but we'll just have to monitor his volume. But he's not going to be limited in any way. He should be able to do all drills. And um, he's just gaining confidence on that thing, on his knee. But the, the brace will just help him with that. Aziz, who we know underwent uh, surgery in the offseason, he's doing well. He's cleared for everything but contact as of now. He won't have true contact. But he, as far as you guys see an individual, he'll be cleared to do everything. Devad's actually progressing really well. He'll be able to work into practice as the season progresses. We're excited about the progress he's made. Um, he's a really competitive guy, and, and it wants to jump out there and do everything he can. Um, D'Angelo Gibbs is fully cleared with his shoulder, um, so he's able to do everything. Terry Goblin's uh, got a little bit of a minor issue with his left knee. It's small, it's minor. He'll be limited, but I know you guys will make a big deal out of it, and every one of you sending out a message right now about it, I'm sure. But he's fine. He just won't be able to uh, do Indy and some things today. We're going to hold him out of that. And then Jake, you know, he's healing really well. He'll have a splint on when you're out there, but it's just a precautionary splint. You probably wouldn't even notice it if you weren't zooming in on it from 100 yards away trying to get a picture of it. But he's fine. He'll be able to do everything uh, we need him to do. All right, that was Georgia head football coach Kirby Smart giving you a preseason preview as the team has now begun preseason preparation in regards to their regular season opener at home on Saturday, September 1st against Austin P at 3.30. And you can catch that game actually on ESPN, so it'll be a nationally televised game. So uh, Georgia's looking pretty strong here going into this 2018 season. It's Taylor Mays Sports with Kevin Taylor. And now we're going to be heading a little bit closer to home. Let's come on back to the metro Atlanta area as we're going to head over to North Avenue, <laughs> just north of downtown Atlanta in the Midtown area. We're going to go over to Georgia Tech. Now, the Yellow Jackets, of course, want to improve on their disappointing five and six finish from a year ago. Their fall count has begun, as players reported on Thursday. The defense seems to have a lot of confidence as season preparations have begun, but on offense, the core will rely on quarterback Taquan Marshall as his leader. Marshall was 
Uh, well, you know, he completed 43 of 116 passes for 927 yards. He had 10 touchdowns and five interceptions with a completion percentage of, can you believe, 36%? Yeah. In rushing, he ran, though, for over 1,100 yards. 11.46 to be exact, and 247 carries. That's a lot for a quarterback. An average of 4.6. They had 17 touchdowns to lead the team. But that carry number really concerns me for your quarterback. It really does. His longest run was for 78 yards, though. Now, I spoke with him during the team's media day on Thursday, and it started our conversation by asking him what he did over the summer to continue his development. Just talk about how you developed in the offseason going into this season. Worked on my passing a lot, working on my fundamentals, chemistry with the receivers, the, the A-backs. Um, I mean, that's pretty much it. I, I've, of course, I've been trying to get bigger, stronger, faster, put on a couple of pounds, so I'll be able to see how I can run with it when, when everything's on. Where are you at now? Um, like 187, 190, that range. Did you and some of the guys kind of hang out during the summer as well, kind of work on some fundamentals? Oh, yeah. During the summer, we'd go to the, um, the indoor and, you know, get some throwing in and just kind of work on where we want things to be and how we want things to work. And just talk about your role as being the leader of this team this, this season. Um, nothing's going to change. I'm going to bring the same energy I did last year. Everything's going to be the same. I try to stay consistent with it. Don't want to switch up too much. Uh, so everything's really going to be the same, going to be the same guy I was last year. Just hoping I can bring a little bit more to the table on the field. So. All right. Well, you heard him. He's going to try to bring a little bit more to the to the table. Uh, someone was able to ask him uh, before we moved on in our conversation about, um, you know, you know, his weight now. So he's gained a couple of pounds at least. So uh, trying to get faster, trying to get bigger, you know, to be harder to bring down with these opposing linemen and pass rushers. So uh, Taquan is uh, he's ready for that second year of being the starting quarterback for the Jackets, and I think he'll do it very well. The Yellow Jacket season kicks off at home on Saturday, September 1st against all Corn State. Now, in soccer, Atlanta hosted the MLS All-Star Game this past week. The game was played in front of a record crowd of, of 72,317. The fans were treated to a great game as Joseph Martinez of the Atlanta United. He scored the MLS team's long goal. Following the game, Martinez was named the All-Star Game MVP. So, congratulations goes out to him. The match played to a 1-1 draw, rather, uh, as the MLS All-Stars tie uh, Juventus. But it was Juventus that came out on top by way of penalty kicks, 5-3. to three. This actually was the second straight year that the All-Star game ended in a 1-1 draw and was decided on penalty kicks. Last season, Real Madrid defeated the MLS All-Stars 42 in Chicago. Now, I was at the game, and I must say it was a real treat to be in the midst of all of the excitement. I was also in the locker room and media room for post-game comments. Let's now hear from MLS All-Stars and Atlanta United head coach through his interpreter, Tata Martino, about how the players were used. Yeah, in reality, it's difficult because they're great players, um, and we enjoy watching them play, especially together. But, um, you know, we took everything into account when we were thinking about the minutes for the players. Um, some of them had longer trips than others, you know, coming from different parts of the country and with different game schedules. So, um, in reality, we didn't change any of our plans that we had made from last week in regards to the amount of minutes, uh, with the exception that Aaron Long played an extra 15 minutes for Michael Parker because he picked up uh, an ankle injury knock in our last game, so he wasn't training fully with us, so Aaron Long got the extra minutes, but um, really just 
everyone performed well tonight. All right, that was comments from Tata Martino, through his interpreter after um, Wednesday's MLS All-Star game against the Jupiter. Now, speaking of the Atlanta United, they actually were back in action at home on Saturday against Toronto FC. The match played to a 2-2 draw. Joseph Martinez, this man is just a scoring machine, just a scoring machine. You know, you had the big red machine in baseball in the 70s. This is a one-man scoring machine. I know a lot of people probably say, hey, what about Michael Jordan? He was a scoring machine in the NBA. Yeah, I know. But this is different. This is different. I mean, this is a one-man scoring machine. You know, I, and I'm, I'm so glad he's playing here because he creates a lot of excitement for the United and for the fan base, no doubt about that. Um, he scored both goals for the United, and uh, it was his 25th and 26th of the season. Now, check this out. He's only one away from the MLS record. Now, the United's next match, and we'll see if he gets that record in his next match, is two weeks. It's in two weeks against Columbus at home on August 19th at 4 p.m. at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So I know a lot of eyes will be on him to see if he gets that record, but hopefully there'll be no pressure on him either to try to get it as well because, hey, he's been playing very laid back all season, and I think that's what really makes him a good player. He just goes out, plays his game, and pretty much that's the game coming to him, and hey, he's a bona fide scorer, no doubt about that. It's Taylor Bay Sports with Kevin Taylor rocking the sports bell from the ATL, giving you the best in sports information here on the program. Of course, I told you earlier, and I'll tell you one more time, you can reach me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and also see the Taylor Bay Sports Minutes at Kevin Taylor 98 so check it out. All right, now we're going to move on to baseball. It's the Braves. They made some moves at the trade deadline by picking up some pitching help as well as help off the bench. The team received right-handed pitcher Brad Brock of Baltimore for future considerations. Then the Orioles traded right-handed pitcher uh, Kevin Guzman and right-handed pitcher Darren O'Day, who's injured, for right-handed pitcher Evan Phillips. Third baseman, uh, John Carlos Encarcion. Uh, catcher Brett Cumberland, left-handed pitcher Bruce Zimmerman, and a future consideration as well. You know, I'll say this right quick. Whenever I hear future consideration, I, you know, I'm an Atlanta native. I've followed teams all my life, even as a child. And when I hear future considerations, it always brings me back to Braves fans. You, you'll remember this, the Lynn Barker trade in the early 80s. And, of course, it was supposed to be a player to be named later, to go along with another Braves player who had already been traded to Cleveland and a player to be named later. And that player to be named later was Brett Butler, who was playing well at the time, leading off of the Braves. And the, the season just went downhill after that. I think it was the 83 season, if I'm not mistaken. It was 83, I was 11. But at the same time, I still remember that. And when I hear future considerations, I hope there's not a guy who's contributing to the Braves organization immediately right now on the on the major league roster. Maybe it's the, maybe it's one of the top prospects. But I always think about that. Future consideration. Could that be a guy who's contributing now like Brent Butler was when the Braves were playing very well in the early eighties? And and you know, if it is a guy who's contributing, oh, how that would be <laughs> detrimental if it if that could be the case, but hopefully that's not. But I don't, I don't think that he is. Um, you know, Alex Anthropios is uh, doing very well as a general manager, making some good moves, and um, 
you know, but uh, future considerations, uh, I, I think we're we're safe. I don't think it's going to be a situation like what happened in the early 80s. But that's what that reminds me of, that player to be named later. And, oh, man, the Braves just could not bounce back and rebound after that deal was done. It was just – that 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 deal is just one of the – oh, just, just mm, one of the worst trades. This is one of the worst trades in Braves history, you know, just mm. – but that's a different story. Okay. All right. We're going to get back on topic now. <laughs> the team also made a trade with Cincinnati to receive outfielder Adam Duvall for a right-handed pitcher, Lucas Sims, right-handed pitcher, Matt Whistler, and outfielder Preston Tucker, who started the season on the uh, big league roster. The Braves are still only a half game out of first place in the National League East behind Philadelphia. And check this out. They won five straight games. Yes. They ran to a little bit of a uh, a little uh, snag, if you will. You know, when they played the Dodgers, but the Dodgers were playing very hot. You know, and I did not mention this on my last program, but last Friday, um, of course, not this previous Friday, as we recorded the show on here Saturday, uh, August 4th, but uh, July 27th, my sister took me, even though my birthday was July 1st, took me to SunTrust Park before the end of the month as a birthday present. And that was my first time being at SunTrust Park. It's a beautiful park. I put some of the pictures up on my Facebook page. But, um, you know, it, it was a great place. A little bit of a walk, though, to get to the stage, uh, stadium. But once you're there, you know, I think you'll be very nicely surprised and enjoy yourself for sure. So uh, I had a great time, uh, family, friends, and uh, just, uh, you know, uh, just had a great atmosphere. This great atmosphere there. So I think you'll enjoy family and friends there if you go to a game and, and uh, be able to experience uh, some, some great amenities. So uh, if you haven't been there, definitely check it out. And uh, uh, like I said, the Braves have won five straight games. They've finished their weekend series against the Mets with games on Saturday at 7 10 and 1 10 on Sunday. Uh, Kevin Guzman will be making his um, Atlanta Braves debut on Saturday. He's 5-8 on the season with a 4.43 ERA in 21 games. He'll be taking on Zach Wheeler of the Mets, who's 5-6 with a 4.11 ERA. Now, Julio Tehran, he's 8-7 on the season, been a little up and down this year, but he has a 4.46 ERA. He's going to pitch the final game of the series on Sunday against Corey Oswald, who's 1-2 on the season with a 5.27 ERA. Now, next week, the Braves are off on Monday. Then they travel to Washington to play a day-night doubleheader on Tuesday against the Nationals. The series against the Nationals will continue on Wednesday and Thursday. But the Braves travel back home on Friday to begin a very important three-game series against Milwaukee at Central Park. So, like I said, if you haven't been to Central Park, hey, definitely go on out. It's alumni weekend next weekend for the Braves. And like I said, it's, a, it's an important series for these guys as they continue to uh, be in the hunt postseason. So it's now August and I know a lot of teams are scoreboard watching as they say and I know the Braves are one of them still being a half being back out of the division. So every game is crucial for sure. Now we got to say congratulations to the Atlanta Dream and their head coach Nikki Cullen on being named the WNBA Coach of the Month. Congratulations Coach Cullen! And uh, the Dream were 9-2 and two, which tied Seattle Storm for the league's best record for the month. Now, what the Dream did were, was that uh, they were a perfect 4-0 on the road, 5-2 at home. During that time, the team moved from ninth 
to second place in the league standings. Yes, you heard me right. They were ninth when the winning started, and then they moved to second during the month of July. Uh, the, the Dream also continued to play very well as they won at home on Friday night, 89-74 to over Chicago. Andrew McCautry hit 21.7 rebounds and four assists. The Dream are now 17-10 on the season. The team now travels to Minnesota to play the Lynx on Sunday night at 7 o'clock. Now, Las Vegas, they'll come to town. The Aces will be in Atlanta on Tuesday for a 7 p.m. start. Then L.A., of course, you know who they have, Candace Parker. Yeah, they're going to be in town on Thursday at 7 o'clock, so that should be a good game. And uh, we have some stars of our own, by the way, okay? L.A., you know, we, we, we do. Um, then the Dream play back-to-back next weekend at home on Saturday against Dallas, and then they travel to New York for a game against the Liberty on Sunday. So should be a very good week for the Atlanta Dream, and uh, they continue to have that playoff push as well. And we got to get behind these ladies. You know, these ladies are playing very well. They have a, they have all-stars. They have players who can really play the game basketball, have a great coach, uh, you know, who's got these, these young ladies very motivated, playing with a lot of confidence. So, hey, let's get behind the Atlanta Dream and cheer them on to victory coming up with these important games next week for sure. That's going to do it for this edition of Taylor Eight Sports with Kevin Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me. Like I've told you before, you can reach out to me anytime at Kevin Taylor 98 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And coming up as we continue on during the summer, we'll focus on football preparations. Also, we'll be able to discuss the Atlanta Braves if they continue to get that pennant push, the Atlanta Dream. So a lot of things are still to cover here as we continue on in the summer. And, uh, you know, you know that I will be keeping you in the know as to what's going on with the sports information needed right here on the program. Never be discouraged, always encouraged. Have a great week, my friends. Until the next time, I'm out. Thank you.